Good to see everyone here this morning. And uh, this is our second month of doing our official scheduling. And, and I just want to let y'all know it's a, in a five uh, Sunday month. I'm the last guy that gets to preach. And I just want to let y'all know what a blessing that is. And uh, that's so encouraging from the perspective that we have more people uh, working and we have more people, you know, helping us to spread the gospel here in the community. So um, that that is such a blessing. Uh, please take cards, and which this this week's gospel meeting is 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 more about us. But there's going to be plenty for us all, anyone to learn and to see the truth. Uh, I believe David preaches the truth, and uh, he does it very well. And um, uh, he, he does have a little bit of a balance between intellectual and and practical. And whenever I say that, I say it positive because I see um, if you uh, if you read Doy Moyer, if you know who that is, uh, you read a little bit more intellectual. And uh, and so I see David kind of a balance between those two. And uh, so I'm looking forward to this meeting. I, I look forward to. Uh, hopefully everyone will be encouraged and please let's try to bring people out uh, today's lesson is a lesson that is um, I hope it's encouraging to you but it's also something that we we Christians we got to hold on to and uh, today's lesson is going to be on faith and I don't know how good of a job I'm going to do I'm going to do on that but at the end of the day that's all we have is faith we, that's all we're going to have. And we must grow our faith. And I'm, I'm going to hopefully try to articulate this because in my lifetime, I see our society changing dramatically. I see things happening that, that is going to change. And, and if my faith is not built and is not strong, Will I be able to get through that and endure to the end? And we're going to talk a little bit about that also. And our faith is what's going to get us there. We have to grow that, and we're going to talk about that. And so, because there's going to be trials. And I, and I will tell you, the trials are not only going to come from outside the world. They're going to come within the church. Because I want to remind you, it was not the Romans that put Christ on the cross. It was his own brother. It was, it was the Jews that put him on the cross. And so we must increase our faith. We must grow our faith so that, number one, we can be like-minded, but also so we can get through hardships. And we're going to talk about some examples. So uh, let's do the numbers first. I always, you know, as engineers, I like, as an engineer, I like to, to do the numbers. Um, and I was... Actually, you know, like forgiveness, I, you know, forgiveness is one of those things that we Christians, we have that other religions don't have. And, and so whenever you look at forgiveness, forgiveness is brought up 122 times, uh, or some form of forgiveness is give, uh, brought up 120 times in the New Testament. Now notice I put 120. Don't anyone go out there and start counting and say, well, Clay, I came up with 140. I quickly did it with my iPad. 
and just did a search and just looked at the numbers and I actually added them up. I didn't even notice I said 120. I didn't even put a significant figure there. So, um, baptism or baptize, uh, some form of that word came up 110 times in the New Testament. <coughs> faith is mentioned or some form, faith is actually mentioned 237 times and some form of faith Faithfulness, the faithful, um, is mentioned 380 times in the New Testament. So it must. So what does that mean? That has nothing to do with nothing. It just says, "Wow, it must be important that it's brought up." I mean, that those words are in there that many times is kind of what my articulation. That's that's kind of what I wanted to bring out at the beginning of the lesson. What intrigues me about this lesson? Why is this? Why are you hearing this lesson? Turn to John 20 verses 27 through 29. John 20, 27 through 29. Um, so Sandra was making a point on this, and I want to make her point that she was making. And I think this tells you, it's not the point of the lesson, but I want to make this point in this. This is, that we call him Doubting Thomas. We, we all, we, we've named him, we've given him a description before his name. Uh, his name is Thomas, but we, we call him Doubting Thomas. Verse 27, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it in my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, my God. And so the point here is, as we've named, uh, as, as we've given the descriptor to, to Thomas as Doubting Thomas, one of the points, and this is what Sandra made, God wants us to believe. And, and notice how God said, reach here with your finger and, and put it into my wound. God wanted Thomas to believe. God wants us to believe. He wants us to grow our faith. And to me, notice he makes a, a kind of a special provision here for Thomas. Thomas could have seen it. He saw it, but Christ said, I want you to touch it too. I want you to go to that next sense, uh, that next, uh, use another sense. And, and so he wanted him to believe. God wants us to believe. God wants us to have faith. He wants us to grow our faith. And, those, and that's very important. And what's interesting to me, and, and kind of this is what is, is always been intriguing to me, is Jesus said to him in verse 29, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. So, so the, the marvelous thing about this story is that last statement is about you and I. That last statement is about you and I. We did not see the holes in Christ's hands. We did not see his side pierced. We were not there. But we're blessed that we believe. And to think that God recognizes that we have a bigger hurdle whenever it comes to faith. Because the apostles were there. They saw it with their own eyes. Now, I've got news for you. I have seen things with my own eyes 
And I've had people chirp at me, that's impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible. And I get where I question, well, did my eyes really see that? Have you ever had that happen to you? So we all question ourselves. But as Christians today, think about how we have to develop a faith and what we have to do. Now before we go into that, Galatians 3, and I'm going to jump around to some passages. Galatians 3, 24 through 26 here. You can look through 29, all of it has uh, there. Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. Notice we are justified by faith as, as we're going to read many times. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor for you are all sons of God through faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So the Old Testament is there to help improve our faith, to help us bring us to Christ. It was there. So whenever we're looking at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is, a, is there to be a faith builder for us. And we've got to make sure we remember that, that not only do we have the evidences in the New Testament, we have the Old Testament too. And I think that's very important that we understand that. So how do we develop our faith? How do we develop our faith? And the two ways that I see, one is found in Romans, the first chapter, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So, as we look around the world, we should be able to see God. That's what this passage is saying. And if we can see God, then it makes it a little easier to believe that he sent his son on earth to be that sacrifice that brings us back to him. Now, in our society today, our society has done a really good job of trying to debunk this part of building faith. Now, I think as science moves on, it's bringing us back to, wow, there has to be a creator. There has to be a creator because you can't do what we see now. It can't happen in billions of years. You know, they kept expanding, you know, it was a million years and it was 300 million, you know, they just kept expanding. Well, the problem is mathematically you can't get a human being through evolution. As Christians, we, we now have science that supports that. But whether we had science or not, we should be looking around and saying, this is amazing what I see. And that should be a faith builder for us. And especially for everybody in this congregation. We don't live in New York City, thank goodness. Or maybe you want to, but I don't. We get to live out here. We get to see nature firsthand. Romans 10, 17 is the other way. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, word of Christ. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So you wonder why 
So there's, there's several reasons we come together and we have Bible study. There's a lot of wisdom in that. And there's a lot of wisdom why you need to be reading your scriptures every day. Because you need to be building your faith. Because our faith, as we're going to discover later on, is, is what's going to determine our actions. If we have little faith, we're not going to make the hard decisions. We're going to make the easy decision. If we have great faith, if we understand this is not our life, if we understand that this is a vapor, if we understand that there is a heaven and there is a God, and we understand that we, we want to be pleasing, then we two things we do whenever we come together and study. Number one, we increase our faith because we read the scriptures and we see the evidences. Secondly, we understand how to serve that God. Both of those are important. But if we don't develop our faith, if we are not developing our faith as brothers and sisters, I can't develop your faith. I can encourage you. But who is responsible for developing your faith? It's you. I can't do that for you. I can... I can teach, I can exhort, but nobody can grow your faith. Your faith is your faith. And one of the reasons, so it's important that we understand that our faith comes from the Word of God. And it also comes from nature. So it's a good reason why we should be out in the deer stands watching nature. That was a joke. But in all seriousness, that's, that's what Romans, the first chapter, is telling us. If you sit there and you watch a day of nature work in silence and meditation, and by the way, if, if you're a deer hunter, use that opportunity to, to sit there and read your Bible and to meditate. You know, it's a good, it, it is actually one of the few times in my life that, that that's where I, I get a lot of time. I, I carve that out and, and I get to meditate. Um, Romans, the fourth chapter, uh, verses one through five. Um, starting in verse two for... Romans, the fourth chapter, one through five. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Uh, no one who works, his wage is not credited as, as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Our faith brings us to righteousness. And we're going to see how that's done later on. Um, but we need to understand that this faith concept started before the Mosaical Law. And which we can do a whole lesson on Abraham. Abraham is the man of faith. And, and I think there's so many things in Abraham's life and the patriarch's lives about faith that, that brings them through. And I don't think there's any harder challenges than, than what we see with Abraham. But we see 
that Abraham's faith brought him to righteousness. So I've avoided Hebrews thus far, but we're going to go to Hebrews now. But I also, but whenever we go to Hebrews, I want you to go to Hebrews 10 first. I want you to go to Hebrews 10, verse 35. Verse 35, in Hebrews 10, Hebrews 11, we, we sometimes, I think we miss why Hebrews 11 is there. Starting in verse 35, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may, be, you may receive what was promised. For you have need of of endurance. What does he mean by that? Do we Christians get tired? Do we get beat down? Well, the only way we're not going to get beat down and we're going to have endurance is by faith. And whenever you read that passage there, that tells you, because remember the discussion, Hebrews 11, None of them received their promise. That none of them received their promise on earth. But they had faith that there was a promise. Isn't that aligned with Christianity? Now some of us might be blessed with riches. But that doesn't mean those riches are not going to be taken away. Some of us might be blessed with a comfortable lifestyle here. But that's not what we're working for. We're working for heaven. We're working to have that eternal home with God. And that is all by faith. And we have to endure. Verse 37, For yet in a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. My righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. If we grow our faith and we continue to grow in faith, we won't shrink back. Because we can walk through that fire. We can take that next step. And people that live by faith, and this is so this next statement I'm fixing to make is hard for me. People that live by faith only have one plan and that's to follow God's word. They only have one plan. They follow God's word because their next step is always taken by faith and following God's word. Every step we take should be by faith. Because the difference is, and the reason I say that's hard for me, I spend my day every day planning. I have a host of people that's working on what's happening today. 70% of my time is I'm planning five years out one year out. I'm sitting there planning. 
working, looking into the future. But as Christians, in our walk as a Christian, we only have one plan, and it's to follow God's word. And it's to say, what is my next step? And I cannot let the two get crossed up. Five years ago, I developed a plan for a company. And fortunately for me, I was able to convince a few people to follow it. They do admit they laughed at me to begin with. But I convinced a few to follow it. And now, we're developing a new plan. The good news is they're outlining me now with developing a new plan. But the point I'm trying to make is, we make plans in this life. And I don't have a problem with, and I don't think it's wrong. I think it's being a good steward to have a 401k. But that 401k is depending on clay. It's depending on the laws of man. It's okay to have a pension. It's okay to look at that. But we cannot confuse that plan with God's plan for eternity. We live by faith. And so every time we take a step, we've got to be looking at God's plan and says, okay, what does God want me to do with that? How does he want me to, to use my resources? How does, what, is his, what is his will, not Clay's will? Because whenever I look at these passages and I see if my faith is not trying to follow his word, that that's not going to give him a blessing. And I don't want to get to judgment day and not have God um, please me. Uh, verse 39, we are not, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but those who have faith to preserving of the soul. So our faith preserves our soul. Faith brings righteousness. That's why our faith is important and we must grow. So the definition of faith, uh, you know, we, we read this often. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen in verse 1 of chapter 11. For by it, men of old gained approval. And then we go through, and so we have the definition. None of us, we all hope for heaven. We all are convicted that Christ is the Son of God. And if we grow our faith, we're going to get closer. We're going to get closer by serving him and being righteous. By faith, verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God uh, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. We get back to creation, right? Um, we're going to skip. We're going to skip a lot of verses. Um, I tell you what, I, I, I do a lot of manipulation, and I, I have a lot of text up here, and I, I usually text do things. And today I made a mistake because I want to read verse six, but I always take the font size of the verses I'm not going to read, and I shrink them. I shrunk verse six, so I've got to try to read it here. Uh, <laughs> 
So in verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. So by faith, it's impossible to please God without our faith. And, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna explore a little bit of that in our application in this lesson. We go through all of these, these people here in this chapter and we see that the what is written here is is um, I'm going to highlight that verse right now so I can notice that all the other people here in the, in the faith chapter were they successful in their life? And I'm going to, I'd say no, they're not, all of them. Not, I don't think I would consider in this life. Notice I said in this life. I didn't say their spiritual life. I think they all were successful. I think that's what we're showing here. They were successful spiritually. But they didn't dominate the situation that they were in because some of them got sown in two. Some of them got many things happen, many negative things happened to them. And as you read through here, many things did happen. Now, I always have to stop for a moment, especially in our world today, and I love to point out verse 31, and, and, and she's brought out many different places, Rahab, and I always like to point out Rahab the harlot. This is what God wants. People that live by faith. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter where you came from. It's where you go. And I always love to point out Rahab because one of these days I'm going to do a lesson on her. But the whole point is, is what was her job? What was her position before the Israelites came marched around the city? Well, she was a harlot. But she winds up being in the lineage of Christ. And I just think that's beautiful. I, I just think that, to me, that gives me hope. Especially in the world we're living in today. It's, it's not, God's not out here trying to save the righteous. He wants the righteous. He wants everybody. He's out here to save everybody. So I use Rahab there. And you'll see why I bring that. Uh, so just pointing out as you go through the, all the faith. Um, verse 12, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witness in verse 1 surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and, and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice the endurance there. Remember back in chapter 10, we, we started out with endurance. We have to endure. How are we going to endure? We, we're going to endure because we grow our faith. Our faith is going to keep us from being entangled in sin because our faith is going to help us see God's word and it's going to help us to see what am I got to do to serve God and so we have to increase this faith faith and we we increase our faith by fixing our eyes on Jesus verse 2 the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him who was endured such hostility by the sinners against him, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Christ didn't lose heart. Can you imagine going through your life? I'm not sure when Christ, when it was revealed to him that at somewhere around the age of 33, he's going to be on a cross and he's going to be sacrificed. Can you imagine if I tell you today, let's just say we start from the year that Christ is uh, starts his teaching, so we think he taught for three years. We're pretty sure of that. And so if I tell you that, if I said in three years, three years, people in this congregation are going to put you up on a cross and they're going to sacrifice you. What were you, would your mind still be focused on, on God and serving God? Think about what Christ had. Think about that. And the people that are going to sacrifice your, are your friends. They're the people you're walking amongst. See, I'm a planner. I'd be saying, ah, none of these people are in Alaska. Well, no, none of them's in Antarctica. I can go live in Antarctica. That's what us humans would do. That's what lack of faith would do. But you see the faith that Christ had, and he endured, and he expects us to have it. So real quick, let's, let's, let's think about what, what faith will produce. What faith will produce. So we have to grow our faith. We need to grow our faith. We have the Old Testament. We read that it was there. It's a tutor for us to bring us to Christ. So it will increase our faith. Now let's put in application. Verse 18 of James 2. James 2, this is a familiar verse. Because a lot of people today like to reject this part of faith. James 2, verse 18. But someone may well say to you, say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and show If we just believe, we're no better than the demons. The demons believe that there's a God. So what's the difference between the Christian and the rest of the world? It's that we believe and we put action behind it. You can't tell me you have great faith and you do nothing. Faith is going to lead you to fulfill God's word. Verse 20, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? I think, you know, you... Verse 22, you see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. I don't know the time, and maybe I can figure it out. I haven't looked at it. But just think about the night before Isaac was going to be offered. Think about what Abraham had to be thinking. Faith 
Do you think he has raised this son and he's ambiguous about this son? This son of promise? Remember, Abraham left his hometown. He, he did all these great things of faith. He didn't have faith in Egypt. He lied to Pharaoh. We see him falter, right? Can you imagine what Abraham was feeling the night before? You reckon he slept? Because I think I try to put myself in that situation. What if it was three weeks that God told him to go offer Isaac and he was preparing for three weeks? Think about what he thought about those three weeks. Think about the great faith that he had that he got up that morning. He got up early. And he prepared and he went. I always ask the question, did Sarah know? What was the interactions there? So just think about just think about getting getting in Abraham's mind and what he's thinking. Um, so, verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working within his works, and as a result of the works, faith is perfected. Do you think, so that last part there, do you think once Abraham went through this situation with Isaac and he raised his hand up and God stayed his hand from killing his son, do you think his faith was greater? Notice God didn't tell him, hey, go sacrifice your son, and Abraham says, I'll do it. And that was the end of the story. No, he had to go through the actions. He had to go through the process. But do you, now, whenever we read, faith has, was perfected. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And the scriptures was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. We've already read that part in, in, in Romans also. And he was called the friend of God. You see that man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And that's why I mentioned it. Rahab, because Rahab's mentioned in verse 25, in the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without works is dead. Go back to Rahab, and I always think, of, think about this. So, so Rahab had some, some evidence that the Israelites were coming. Jericho knew that what they had done to other nations. There had been stories. But don't you think Rahab, whenever she met the Israelites, she said, you can't break down our walls. Our city's too strong. But she said, your God is the God of gods. She went, a great, she went against everything that that woman had been taught. Think about Rahab's thought pattern. If she had been found out, what would happen to her? She did a treasonous idea. 
treasonous uh, deed. I would think a harlot's life would be very inconsequential in that case. She knew that, but she had faith, and it, it went to her. Let's talk real quick about application. We'll, we'll end. Um, Daniel, the book of Daniel, we have three examples of great faith. We have Daniel, purpose in his heart in chapter 1. Uh, it says, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself. What made Daniel make up his mind that he purposed in his heart, his faith made? It wasn't that he looked around and says, hey, I'm in power here. I can overcome this. He walked by faith. He stepped out because he was in a foreign country. He had already been captured. He was in the king's palace. He saw the power of Babylon. But he knew his God was stronger. And he knew his God's commandments would win out. And so Daniel did that. And we know that in verse 17 uh, that God gave them knowledge, intelligence, and, and, um, and understanding. So that think about, think about how Daniel had to feel in this foreign country amongst foreigners, and he purposed in his heart. That's, that's, think about that. Everything was against him. But that's where our faith have to, has to be. And I think as Christians today, we've got, and that's why I chose Daniel. Because they were an evil and corrupt society. It was not a society that, that, that promoted Judaism. Now they did in different places. Uh, Daniel, the third chapter, we had Rachet, Meshach, and Abednego. They don't fall down to worship the idols. They're found out. And they're brought before the king in verse 16 of chapter 3. Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. They're being called. He said, you know, why have you done this? If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But then here's the next clincher. Verse 18. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. My faith is pretty easy if I know my faith is going to save me going into that furnace fire, that burning furnace. But I want to point out that these gentlemen had the faith that God could save them. Now, I believe the saving that they knew, that they understood heaven, they understood, understood eternity. But they also were speaking two things here. If he wants to deliver us physically out of your hands, he will do it. But, O king, don't worry. If he doesn't, 
We're not bound to your image. They're talking to the man that could free them. And they didn't back down because they were following God's word. Look at the faith that these men had. Daniel in the lion's den, you know, it's just, and, and, and that's why I point out, notice the three scenarios I give you in Daniel, they were successful. But remember all the scenarios in Hebrews 11, physically they were not successful. Now, as they were being told, they were spiritually successful, and that's what we're after. And that's why we have to grow our faith, because our faith is about spiritual needs. And so we started off a lesson about our faith, the importance of that. The Old Testament brings us to Christ. How do we gain our faith? We, we see the world around us, God's creation, and we learn His Word. That's how we're going to grow our faith. And we have to work on that every day. We have to be prayerful about that every day. But just so happened as I was there at Daniel and I was flipping through Daniel, the book right after Daniel is Hosea. And I'm going to close with Hosea, partly because I just flipped over there and, and uh, Hosea was there. But it goes back to Romans 10, 17 about how do we improve our faith is by the Word of God, right? If you're not studying the Word, if you're not trying to improve yourself and understand what God has and grow in your faith, Hosea 4 is what's going to happen to you. Listen to, the Lord, listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel, for the Lord has the case against the inhabitants of the land because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, adultery. They employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and everyone who lives in, this land, in it languishes along with the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky, and also the fish of the sea. Skipping down to verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of my God, your God, I also forget your children. The more they multiply, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. The point I'm trying to make here is if we're not growing in our knowledge of God, we can't grow our faith. And if we're not growing our faith and our knowledge, we're going to be just like the people in Hosea's time. We're not even going to know what God wants us to do, much less have the faith to be the uh, Hebrew young men in Babylon. So our faith begins with knowledge and we must be growing our faith. So today I want to become a prophet. I'm going to prophesy to you and I'm being a little facetious. 
Our world is moving in a direction that's not positive. So my prophecy is it's going to continue to move that way. I don't know. The Lord can intervene and, and correct us. We see he, he we see that he did that in 720 for the for Judah when Hezekiah was king. That he took the northern kingdom away and the southern kingdom was preserved. Whether that's the case, but the whole point is our faith needs to be growing so that if it doesn't change, when hardships come to us, we're like the Hebrew, we're like the people discussed in Hebrews, we endure to the end. That's what we have to do. And the only way we're going to do that is by increasing our faith. So think about that. What are you going to do this week to increase your faith? So that we can endure to the end. And we have to believe that there's a heaven. We have to believe there's a better place than this. So if anyone needs to obey the gospel, if anyone needs to repent of sins, confess their sins, we always leave this time at the end. The whole point is we're trying to get to heaven. None of us are perfect. But the only way we're going to get there is we're going to endure and we're going to grow our faith. Because there's going to be that day. The devil does not leave us alone. If he's left you alone, then it says he's probably got you. But he's going to put stumbling blocks in front of you to test your faith. And if we don't grow our faith, we're not going to be there. And so we're here as a congregation trying to get there together. So let's... Anybody needs the prayers of the congregation, please come forward and stand. <laughs>